Welcome to the I Am Somebody podcast, a collaborative project with Focus Recovery and Wellness Community, NAMI Hancock County, and LGBTQ Spectrum of Finley. In this podcast, we'll hear stories of recovery from mental health conditions, substance use, and trauma. We'd like to let you all know that the subject matter of this podcast may be challenging to some listeners. The views and opinions expressed in the I Am Somebody podcast are those of the individuals being recorded and do not necessarily reflect the official policies or positions of Focus Recovery and Wellness Community, NAMI Hancock County, and LGBTQ Spectrum of Finley. Stay tuned after the podcast for resources if you are in need of mental health, substance use, or trauma services. I Am Somebody. 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 I am Jennifer and I am somebody. Greetings travelers and welcome to I am somebody. This is your host Larry with my co-host Bailey. Hello. Um, We have Jennifer joining us today to share her story. Um, So how are you doing today Jennifer? I'm doing really spiffy. Thanks for asking. Spiffy. Good. I like that word. Yeah, that's I'm spiffy. Enough. Yeah, I don't, but you would be our first guest that describes <laughs> that we're doing a spiffy. <laughs> so um, we are going to start. Um, I have the pleasure of knowing you personally, um, but our listeners do not. So if you just want to kind of give us a little overview so they know who we're talking to today, that would be great. Sure. Um, Well, I'm 47 years old. Not that you needed to know that, but um, (laughs) 47 years old, married, uh, have four kids. Uh, I work in the mental health field and I have volunteered with NAMI for a couple of years now. Um, just really passionate about uh, helping people understand that recovery is a real thing and that uh, I happen to be one of those people. So I love to share and just sort of support people on their journeys as they move into that place for themselves. Awesome. Excellent. I can't wait for people to get to know you more than that. <laughs> it's just a tiny little piece. Yeah, it's a snippet, your little sneak peek. Perfect. Um, one of the questions that we like to ask people is what do you hope you gain from the story? Like, what do you want to achieve by telling your story with us today? Well, I live with a really um, uncommon disorder, although probably not as uncommon as you might think. Um, I live with dissociative identity disorder, and uh, it's gotten a lot of really crazy uh, flack in the media and just in in the world in general. In fact, um, there's still some debate in professional circles as to whether or not it's a real disorder, which is really disheartening. Um, So I just kind of want to bring my story to the table so that other people who live with dissociative identity disorder, other people who live with those people, um, just the world in general, understands a little bit more about what that's like, how it works, and, you know, maybe dispel some of those rumors and myths along the way. Okay. Excellent. <laughs> okay. Yeah. You know, just a what tiny thing. No big deal. <laughs> That's not good enough. Like, what's, <laughs> I, what's my I love it. Surprise? No, I love it. I love okay. it. It's, okay. Yeah. <laughs> I think it just reminds me of some video or something like it, like a quote from something. Okay. I think it just reminds me of something. Anyway. (laughs) No, that was spiffy. That was spiffy. So (laughs) 
this is really truly your platform to share however you want to share so gotcha however you want to jump in and we will follow you wherever you take us. <laughs> that might be a scary trip. <laughs> I tend to go down a lot of rabbit holes. We're here. <laughs> I, I'm a very chatty person, as you know, Bailey. So uh, no problem there. I have no issue using my voice. Uh, I used to, believe it or not, I used to be uh, really, really shy and uncomfortable talking to other people. Um, I think some of that was just growing pains, but a lot of it was just that fear of, of people seeing what was going on inside my head and, uh, you know, judging me for it. Because, mm -hmm. you know, that started for me, the voices in my head started when I was a teenager. So I, the classic memory for me, the, the moment I remember the most, and, and memory is a tricky thing for DID, um, but the, the moment I remember first was standing at the locker um, in seventh grade and there was a boy picking on me and the voices were going just like mad in my head, just talking and, and all kinds of smack back and forth to one another. And they had me convinced that he was going to be able to hear what was what they were saying to me and that they were going to call me crazy and, and just, you know, hang me in or something. I don't know. Yeah. But drawn and quartered. I don't know what my brain, my imagination was going wild. And I really thought that I was going to be in, in some serious trouble if, if people found out and knew. So I spent a good portion of my life hiding the things that were going on inside my head for fear of repercussion. Yeah. And that makes total sense why that would yeah. be. And it's, especially wonderful how vocal you are now you're a very bold and uh, vivacious person so oh, thanks that is totally different than where you started most definitely i i got to a point in my life where i just decided that i was tired of of being afraid to be myself mm -hmm. um and I just kind of pushed myself and pushed myself to take steps outside of my comfort zone and to, to grow in that respect and just let people see the goofy, silly sense of humor I have and, you know, sometimes off the wall uh, thoughts and, and comments. But apparently people think I'm funny. So, you know, it's not all bad. <laughs> you think you're funny, too. I think I'm funny. I think I'm hilarious. I laugh at all my jokes. I'm just saying. <laughs> I think I'm the funniest person in any room I've ever in. Like, like, there are 11 of me here, and all of us think I'm funny, except for sometimes Frank. Frank doesn't always think I'm funny. Frank's kind of a stick in the mud. We love him, though. <laughs> <laughs> We all need one in the family. Well, he's the only guy in basically a head full of girls. So the poor dude has caught it rough. You know? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> so um, I don't know what your um, I've heard your story so many times. So I'm like, so let's I'm like want to almost like uh, say like. Oh, pose more questions because I typically it. don't know my guess. I'm not even able to even think like that. No, that's fine. You ask <laughs> me whatever. I, I'm an open book for the most part, you know. Oh, but I don't want to. I want you to share it exactly the way you want to. <laughs> I'm there's, holding myself back in that way. There's so much stuff that's happened in my life. It's going to be hard for me to kind of just pick through um, everything. I will do my best, <laughs> but the questions are really not going to bother me. Um, I guess I should probably introduce all the people in my head. That's a great place uh, to start. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, there are three children. Uh, Jenny is the original me, which um, is, is kind of a weird concept for a lot of people. 
you know, I, I'm Jennifer, she's Jenny, they're two separate people, why am I not the original self anymore? And that's trauma. Trauma mm-hmm. caused her to, to split um, into all the wonderful people that I am. Uh, back up. So when I was about three years old, I was uh, traumatized by my godfather. He was abusive. He was um, predatory. He, you know, did all the grooming and such to create me into the person that he thought I needed to be, which was uh, a sexual being at the age of three, which is just a catastrophic thing to do to a child. Um, And to teach them that that's their only value at that age when they're, they're just so malleable and so easily influenced you know that really messes with a person's psyche and of course i i couldn't handle that i mean who can so a lot of people will have post-traumatic stress disorder or or other things that come from very traumatic events like that my brain ended up doing it a little bit differently and instead of just um not just because post-traumatic stress disorder is awful too but instead of instead of doing it that way it 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 created other people to handle different things in my life so jenny is the original me she is the person i was before the trauma happened and then uh Gabby and Molly are the other two children and they were created uh, to help deal with things as well. Um, And then I have two teenagers, Tessa and Melody. And I mentioned Frank, who's the only guy. And then there's uh, Miriam, Adriana, Lily. And I feel like I'm forgetting somebody. Who's in there? <laughs> I've not been keeping count. I know, right? I didn't. I didn't count either. Uh, uh, oh, Tariana. I'm so sorry, honey. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a mom uh, trying to yell for all her kids and accidentally calling for the dog. Not that she's the dog, <laughs> but you know, Spoken out loud. <laughs> yeah, there's just a, a lot of uh, a lot of stuff going on in there. So each one of them had their their job, their purpose. Uh, Frank was originally kind of the keeper of the anger. So he was a very, very angry dude in the beginning. Um, he didn't even use his name. He called himself the dark one. Wah. And uh, <laughs> it was not very nice, not to me, not to anyone else. So that's just a testament to how far we've come now that he's Frank and Frank is more like the protector now. And, you know, that's just an example of how recovery kind of changes someone with DID. Mm-hmm. But um, like I mentioned, Jenny was the original one and somewhere around, uh, I believe it was seventh grade, we had been kind of just going back and forth, switching and switching and switching. And I didn't remember any of this, but at that point I became Jen or Jennifer. And that's when I became the front runner, the person that takes care of everything and sort of organizes the, what I call my mind mansion. (laughs) which is everybody has a a place. They all have their own room. They all have their own voice at what we call the table. Right. Everyone comes to the table. We all get a chance to speak and be heard and understood and needs are met. But it didn't start like that. It started out as a hot mess. Um, I, I didn't know what the voices were. I didn't know why they were there. I, you know, it could have been anything. And I didn't remember my trauma until I was probably closer to 27. 
I'm going to just interrupt you there because I think this is so important for people to understand as you go through your story today is can you touch on why having DID and like memories um, that makes remembering things challenging and why that would be so people can kind of understand that as you go along questions they're important I might I might interject some but I wanted to be like okay so let's start here because like I want to talk about this (laughs) because I already know your story it can be really hard Um, so yeah so memory for a person with DID gets fragmented just like the people in our heads, right? So when, for instance, Miriam is out, uh, especially in the beginning, not not now, but back in the beginning, when Miriam was out, Miriam had, was creating her own set of memories. So when Miriam went back and somebody else came forward, say Molly was out, she wouldn't know what Miriam had just been doing because mm-hmm. Miriam and Molly were not communicating at that time. We didn't have the table. We didn't have the organization of the mansion in our head. So at that point in time, everybody was separate. And it became this thing where I would come back into the front place and and people would say things to me like, oh, man, when you did this or said that the other day, it was, you know, whatever. And I'd be like, um, I wouldn't say or do that. What kind of crazy, whatever have you been doing? Cause that's nuts. That's not me. I wouldn't do that. And I, I honestly didn't get it. Why are you saying these things about me? That can't possibly be who I am. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. it wasn't who I was, you know, but I didn't know that yet. So it's a lot of confusion and it's very disorienting and disheartening. And it just, it makes it really hard for you to make connections on a deeper level because you're not always the same person. Mm-hmm. So there's that, that disconnect from yourselves and there's a disconnect from the world. And you, you have other symptoms that will come into play too. Um, depersonalization, derealization, where you start to wonder if, if the world is real mm-hmm. or if you're real. Um, and it, it can be a real struggle to, to be grounded and to be part of reality because of that. Mm-hmm. So, Thank yeah. you for that. That's a really, I think that'll be helpful for people to understand yeah. why as you remember your story, it's not um, very linear or very like, like you, you didn't like, as you've mentioned, you didn't remember the trauma until you were in your twenties. Like that's why these things happen is because yeah. that's how the memory works. For Everything you. is the other day. <laughs> that, that is my key right. phrase uh, you know the other day that, that could be anywhere from actually the other day to like five years ago it really doesn't <laughs> my, you know my phrase is a couple weeks ago like yeah. everything was a couple weeks yeah, ago I it's get just it. the other day I think that we probably understand that a lot more on the outside of a DID after COVID yeah. <laughs> or time is now warped yeah. and not think the rest of us can kind of maybe use that for a little bit of empathy and try to understand that, maybe that. This isn't even the time to, you know, no, have throw it out at me. well, no, it's like, uh, I know that like memory for anybody that's experienced trauma has, there's difficulty there. You yes. know what I mean? And I, and I understand, you know, DID having its own struggles. Like, is it, What's the difference? Does anybody know the difference as to like, you know, like why uh, other people that have experienced trauma that don't have DID, whether it's PTSD or depression, anxiety, whatever that comes along with it. Well, I'm not a doctor Uh, or clinician (laughs) and I didn't play one on TV or sleep in one of those hotels the other night, but this is my theory. (laughs) Perfect. So, um, yeah, disclaimer, disclaimer. Um, So my theory is that um, trauma 
it, it creates a place in your brain where you don't want to be present in the moment. Mm-hmm. So you don't form the the same kind of memory pattern that you would if you were, say, I don't know, having your flavor, flavor of ice cream with somebody really cool that you like. That's a happy memory. You really want to hang on to that. So you're going to you're going to create that that memory pattern. Mm-hmm. Um but when it's trauma, you don't want to be a part of that. Part of you is, is shrinking back and dissociating because dissociation can happen for a lot of different oh, yeah. disorders. Yeah. Um, so when you dissociate like that from what's happening to you, you're not going to form a proper memory pattern. Uh, I think the difference is, is that for me, um, it's not only just not necessarily the the proper formation of a memory pattern, but it's also the fact that it's then divided into these extra people or you know, areas. So not only am I having to go back and sort of try to remember through the dissociative moment that I might've created during the trauma, I'm then having to go and figure out which one of me actually experienced it and get them to help me retrieve it. So it's, it's a two part process instead of just one. So you did a great job describing that as you, as the the non-professional in very layman's terms what happens is basically the very center part of our brain is what is the most um, primitive mm-hmm. and so as we developed an evolution like our brains grew out and right. that's our more complicated thought process and things um, are on the outside yeah. but on the inside of our brain that's what's responding to trauma because our caveman selves are fight flight freeze mm-hmm. and that part of us um, the part of our brain just a little bit outside of that is in charge of memories um, because memory is very important to our caveman self because we have to remember what hurt us, what was dangerous. And that's like, that's really the point of it. So that part of the brain is focused on survival and not filing correctly, if you will. Again, this is very layman's terms. It's not filing those things correctly. So when you're processing trauma, you're refiling correctly and putting it, where it's supposed to go so like for instance there's a story of a girl um that had a trigger of milk because she had had her this is this is very graphic um she had had her throat slit as a child and her first thing that she had done as a child was try to drink milk Mm -hmm. so basically in reprocessing trauma you're figuring out you're filing correctly that milk is actually not dangerous even though you're thinking milk is dangerous because of that memory and how things did not get filed correctly in i get that such simplest terms and so as what you're saying is you not only have to figure out that milk is not dangerous you have to figure out who experienced that in the first place to 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 file that correctly because it's not just one brain's memory no, it's figuratively not. speaking that you're doing that with. I, I've never had a brain scan of like, you know, epic proportion done or anything. I'm not sure if I've ever had a brain scan at all for that matter. But <laughs> <laughs> I mean, but uh, I always thought it would be kind of neat to sort of see uh, how it lights up differently um, when different parts of me are in charge, because I really do feel like um and again, not an expert, not a professional. This is just my theory. I always felt like new uh, brain pathways were created that the average person doesn't have because of the trauma and the way my brain created new people to help me deal with it. So for me, it is like I have multiple brains, yeah. and, you know, multiple right. minds. Yeah. Well, inside multiple minds. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right. So um, that's a great question, Larry. Um, Thanks. And I want to 
make sure that we talk about some of these things about DID because as you said, that's part of what you're hoping to get them. People really don't understand it. But I also am really going to be pretty adamant we don't miss out on your personal story and that things that make you who you are because you're not just the diagnosis did you're right (laughs) and so i don't want to focus too heavy on that i want to focus on you as a person thanks um all 12 yeah (laughs) it's 11 (laughs) i I was gonna say aren't you 12 or are you 11 i'm 11 sorry my or number one i'm number one Cheer, or one of these buttons one. actually over here makes a cheering noise. Oh, I see? wish I knew which one it was. I would have well, done that. there you go. Glad it wasn't like a toilet flushing or something. That would have been embarrassing. <laughs> that is a what different is kind it? of number one. You know, she would really like the one that sounds like the fairy sparkle that I really liked. Yeah. Ooh. I'm, I'm not about to turn that up and start playing them all for everybody. Hey. Just a, a brief note on how my brain works. Um, and this is what Jenny does now. She's, she's my... Um, she's my library keeper. So mm-hmm. all the memories I have uh, are now in books in a giant library. And as we've uh, healed and come back to better, um, better places with amongst each other uh, and ourselves as a whole, more and more books have been placed in the library and I'm, you know, it's just really filling out and, and becoming a, a beautiful testament to what my life has been. So it's it's nice to see it when new books get added and, and when I'm actually able to t- pick them up <laughs> and look right. at them instead of just go, wow, that one's pretty cool. Wish I could open it. <laughs> <laughs> Wonder what's inside. Yeah, but it's it's pretty neat. So that's that's how my brain categorizes my memories. I, I don't know if anybody else does something similar, but that's what it is for me. Mm-hmm. Giant library, because right. I'm a giant book nerd. <laughs> I really love books. Um, and I spent a lot of time reading them as I was growing up. That I didn't make friends very easily. Like I pointed out, I was shy. Um, and so books were my friends for a really long time. And I, I liked fantasy novels in particular i'm a giant sci-fi fantasy geek perfect um we're gonna talk (laughs) or or average size i don't know (laughs) either way i have a huge passion for sci-fi and fantasy and it started with me being a kid and and reading fairy tales and fantasy novels because for me not only was it um something that i really enjoyed doing but it was a way to escape For me, that world made more sense a lot of times than the regular world. I thought that I should be able to step into those pages and walk back to my life because to me, that's where I was supposed to be, not here. So, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Not here. Happen. Just saying. (laughs) Here you are. (laughs) I suppose I could join like a LARP club or something and pretend, but no. (laughs) So. As you were kind of talking about how people, you had kind of become more reserved because of hearing the voices, not understanding them, being afraid of the consequences and what people might say or do against you. Um, What were your relationships like as you kind of move forward? We're kind of like in our teen years right now. Sure, yeah. So um, I had usually one best friend and maybe a couple of other friends here and there, but generally I only had one or two people I was close to. Mm -hmm. And I kept those friendships for a long time. The one girl uh, I'm actually still friends with today, we don't speak very often, but she and I got to know each other uh, when we were kids and we just carried throughout the entire time. 
but she she uh she's great people so I'm, I'm lucky to have had her in my life but yeah I didn't have a lot of close friendships and um I have one sister no brothers um and most of my close personal you know relatives and such live out of state mm-hmm. so I didn't get to spend time with cousins and things like that I I really just spent a lot of time by myself you know right. um like I said those books were my friends mm-hmm. <laughs> I didn't have a, a lot of that and I lived in a in a household where um the rules were pretty strict so I had a pretty early bedtime I I didn't really get to go out and and you know I wasn't a party chick that didn't happen I didn't get invited even if I was allowed. So it's not like I had the opportunity to go out and do any of those things. I was very reserved, um, just really uh, quiet. (laughs) Not at all like I am today. (laughs) I know, this just seems odd. (laughs) Yeah, so, um, but I did have some extracurricular activities. Uh, I started doing theater around that point in time and I really loved that that was something I I enjoy still um it was easy for me to go on stage and become somebody else for a while mm-hmm. I think it was easier a lot of times to be someone else for a while than it was to be myself uh, and I really loved that and I didn't feel exposed because I wasn't me up there mm-hmm. and then they call that character acting but I think sometimes it probably took a little deeper level for me um, and then the other thing I really enjoyed doing was uh, I, I love singing. So I started out singing in, in church. And then um, when I got out of my house and, and moved away from my parents, uh, I eventually started doing karaoke. <laughs> I did a lot of that. Um, What's your karaoke song? Oh, gosh. You know, it changes all the time. Uh, the last one that I did all the time probably though was Sarah Bareilles um, and I really liked uh, uh, King of King of Everything and yeah. Uh, yeah some stuff like that she's she's got some good music uh, that's a good you personality song yeah 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 <laughs> but um, I, I have completely changed my musical taste again so <laughs> now it's now I listen to Christian music all the time and I've got a lot of favorite Christian artists that I listen to so uh, Charity Gale is probably one of my favorites now if you haven't ever heard her music she's really inspiring Gale mm-hmm. just making sure you didn't say Gil nope. <laughs> that's what um, I heard Gil. Like, yeah. Gail. Gail. <laughs> yes uh, she does a a song called I Speak Jesus that I really, really love. It's just right there. <laughs> it's the feels. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so moving out of my, into my teenage years, like you said, uh, I, I didn't have any boyfriends um, until I was 17. Um, so I was sweet 16, never been kissed. I don't even know if people say that anymore. <laughs> I don't know. But it was Honestly, a big deal when I was a kid. I I don't know what the kids are saying. <laughs> I don't even and recognize like the, the language they're using half I know the time. That, uh, yeet. I like to say yeet. Sheesh. Oh, yeah. <laughs> My daughter says that, and I'm like, really? Which one? Yeet. Yeah, yeah. yeet. Honestly, what kids are saying now, 
are things that were said a long time ago that they think are new now. Right. I love that. It's just recycled. <laughs> now I can say spiffy and groovy again, right? Can I bring back rad? I love that one. Oh, too. rad is definitely. Yeah. See, there. I said that the other day and someone looked at me funny. Apparently I was with the wrong age group. <laughs> yeah, no, rad is appropriate. <laughs> it is acceptable. <laughs> of course, I'm not a young people, but <laughs> I don't really care. Um, parts of me are always going to be young, so I can use whatever language I want. I agree with you. Yeah. <laughs> so anyways, sweet, sweet 16, never been kissed. Yeah. So uh, I met my, I'm going to say my first husband because he was, I have been married. This is, I'm on my fifth marriage. Uh, <laughs> but I met my first husband in high school. We were high school sweethearts. We got married when we were 18 and uh, I was just head over heels gone. This was the first guy that ever paid attention to me. I believed 100% within my heart that nobody else would ever love me and ask me to marry them. So I better just jump on this one. Mm-hmm. So I had really bad self-esteem. <laughs> um, you know, and, and obviously when you, when you come out of your teenage years into the world, things change i mean it's not the same you're you're managing a household you're uh figuring out who you are as an adult away from your parents some people are getting jobs some people are going to college i got married and i didn't even know how to cook so uh, i was in a mess and the army who uh, my husband at the time worked for sent him to uh, Korea Mm -hmm. and it was supposed to be for a year. And I don't know if you were familiar with the term second hit relating to trauma. Mm -hmm. That was a second hit for me. So the original trauma was bad, but when that hit me, holy moly, I just, I lost myself completely. Mm -hmm. And uh, I ended up trying to kill myself while he was gone uh i, I tried to cut my wrists and uh, are you familiar with ginsu knives yeah those suckers are sharp right <laughs> i don't understand what happened to this day i can only attribute it to to god wanting me to still be here um i tried mm-hmm. over and over again i tried to cut my my wrists and nothing happened um but the feelings I was having still didn't go away. And so I ended up going to the hospital for the first time in my life. And I spent, back then you could stay there longer. And I spent probably two and a half weeks there Mm -hmm. before I finally came out again. And I didn't want to leave. At that point in my life, I didn't believe that I was safe to be around other people. Um, Right before I went into the hospital and after I'd had the the suicide attempt that that thankfully did not uh, work, um, I locked myself in a dog kennel. I was like, you know what? I'm just going to put myself in here for a while because then these voices in my head that are telling me to do things that I'm not comfortable doing and all this other chaos going on inside of me, I can't trust myself. So I'm just going to lock myself in here and keep myself safe and keep everybody safe for me because I don't know what I'm going to do. I was probably in there for, I don't know, 10 hours before my friend that I mentioned earlier, who I'm still friends with, right. who happened to be staying with me, said, you know, are you, are you ready to come out yet? Because I'd really like you to come out now. And for whatever reason, just the fact that she was so casual about it and not just in my face about it. She just let me have that moment. She watched over me. She kept me safe, but she didn't get in my face. She just let me process. And so when she said that, I was like, yeah, okay, I'll, I'll, I'll come out. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I guess it's okay. What a perfectly non-judgmental response. It really was. And, you know, 
thank you to to her for that because I I don't think anybody up to that point had treated me that way. You know, I had always been sort of judged. Um, people didn't understand me. They didn't always like me. Um, most of the time I was just ignored. People didn't even seem to notice I existed, but I liked it that way. At least, and, and then I didn't like it that way at the same time. You know how that is where you, you really want to be seen and heard, but you're so afraid of, of being seen and heard? 100%. Right. Yeah, 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 exactly it's what a, you're talking it's about. A, it's, a, it's, it's the a worst double. Yeah, it's sword. terrible. But that's where I was. I lived in that place. And so um, she saw me and she heard me and she didn't judge me. Mm -hmm. And that made a huge difference. And then uh, I went to the hospital and stayed there for a while and, and came back out and it, it tanked my marriage. You know, we were high school kids, you know, just barely starting out. We, it was too much. Mm -hmm. So that, that was the first one, crash. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so, yeah. Uh, but we did have a kid together and I tried really hard to raise him and he was about a year and a half old and my mental health was just worse and worse and worse. And I, I tried getting a job and I tried doing a bunch of other things that you're supposed to do at that age and it just wasn't happening. And so I ended up having to give up custody of him, not because anybody made me, but because I felt that it was the best choice for him at the mm -hmm. time. And so he uh, he went to live with his grandparents and uh, and I tried to start over again. Mm -hmm. I did a lot of that throughout my life, a lot of starting over. Um, see, the next marriage I had was Vegas. So that was silly. Um, and then I, I was married to a man who was homosexual. So uh, I'm not really sure what either one of us were thinking in that case. Um, <laughs> yeah, yes, I knew ahead of time. Yes, I still care about him. Yes, we're still friends. <laughs> I, I was also, as it turns out, married in Las Vegas to a homosexual woman. Oh, well, there so you go. Like, so are you like, serious? That is an absolute God's honest truth. My first marriage. That's your, <laughs> so, wow. So you, you took two of my marriages and combined them. That's why not? That's like a superpower <laughs> oh right there. I'm, I'm impressed. He said, listen, I can do both of your moves in one. <laughs> yeah, dude. I mean, I spread mine out over like 20 years. Oh, no. So that's, no, 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 no. I'm impressed that, you know, we should talk i think there's some superpower like no, there's a there's a whole lot here. of actually like <laughs> analogs that i'm seeing here like between the two of us i'm like i don't have the did yeah but i gotta tell you what let's talk about some of this other stuff like yeah, yeah no you guys have knowing you both personally <laughs> and well there's a lot of overlap between the two views individuals okay so quick question who is your favorite sci-fi character or or you know show oh geez sci-fi show i don't watch much tv is <laughs> Okay, show movie book the books honestly fantasy is uh the xanth series by pierce anthony i love pierce anthony i know and i was gonna He's ask awesome. you about that when you talked about fantasy a minute ago and as far as sci-fi goes um i like a lot of the, the modern day fantasy stuff mm -hmm. more than i do the sci-fi but uh do you know who uh kenyan 
Sherilyn Kenyon is? Possibly. She does some saucy uh, sci-fi. Oh. And the sci-fi is really good. The saucy bits are really good. <laughs> it all becomes like, it's the same formula in every book. I'm There's sorry. a problem. I, you know I, what I mean? Uh-huh. I cannot yeah. with saucy bits. Yeah, saucy bits. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know. Uh, bundle of nerves. All that. So it's going to be a lot of fun. <laughs> She's the one that wrote that. The, what, the bundle. The bundle of nerves. <laughs> like, I have a, a vague memory of yeah, that I conversation. <laughs> it was awful. I'm like, I, I heard that because I was listening to the book. I'm like, this is terrible. <laughs> <laughs> Doctor Who is my favorite. I'm a giant Whovian too. <laughs> I would be, but I just never, never watched it. Oh, that, see, that's the only thing that stopped me from being a huge Doctor Now Who I'm not sure we can be friends anymore. I don't know what's going on with I that. I can accept that. <laughs> I believe in my own worth. <laughs> I believe in my own worth. <laughs> that is a really good thing. I love that. No, who um, can say anything to that response? <laughs> that's okay because I believe in my own worth. Yeah, well, um, fuck you, buddy. <laughs> check. <laughs> Ticked off the boxes there. <laughs> so you got married in Vegas <laughs> yeah, yeah. to someone that you knew was gay. And uh, no, that was a separate thing. Now you're putting our yeah, marriages you're, together. You're mixing our stories up. <laughs> I thought that you said that that was no. in Vegas. Second marriage was Vegas. Third marriage was gay. Oh, I totally miss when you even brought up third marriage. Yes. That's the part I'm missing. And yes. he said, I did that. Yes. Got That's you. okay. It's a lot. Um, I would it's, be confused, too. I am still confused about it. So we're good. Um, yeah, so the... The Vegas marriage was when um, the guy that I was in, that I got married to in Vegas was somebody I met when I was living in Dayton. Um, I lived in Dayton for about four years because I followed another guy I was dating there. Um, <laughs> yeah, I dated a lot of people. Um, well, I should say different parts of me dated a lot of people. <laughs> it anyway. only seems logical that you would date a lot of people with that many people having yeah. different romantic yeah, interests. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, wanting to get their, their time in the And, and I have to say that all of them, uh, there were different parts of me that got married. So mm-hmm. the marriage I'm in now uh, was all of me. We actually said, we do. To, to my current husband. Um, it was that important for, for him and to everyone to know whether they knew or not why I was saying that, that this was a group choice, not just a singular choice. But um, yeah, so I was in Dayton and I met this guy um, at a place called the Mother Earth Connection, which no longer exists. Um, and I used to be a uh, Wiccan for about 20 years and this was a pagan shop mm-hmm. and I worked there and hung out there and became part of a cult there. Yay. <laughs> Don't forget that part of your story. Yay. Yeah. I wasn't going to let you forget I know. that part. <laughs> I was in a cult. Isn't that fun? Um, so <laughs> yeah. And, uh, so they wanted me to be, to be with him and, uh, so they they helped that along and um that didn't work and so uh i came back to the cult and they set me up with the next dude um which was even worse i didn't marry him thankfully but yeah (laughs) and then when i wasn't doing what they wanted me to do anymore and they didn't think i was following their rules appropriately they took my my family ring away and kicked me out so that was 
devastating at the time because my my whole existence was about these people and what they did and what mattered to them mattered to me and you know I was I think I was just always trying to find a way to or a place to set my identity on because it was so scattered you know and so that's where my identity was at that time and wow they just broke me in pieces with that one but um I stayed with the dude for a little while after that and uh there are two good things that came out of that relationship. Well, three, three good things that came out of the relationship. One, um, my youngest son was from that relationship. Uh, two, um, while I was with him, things were, were so bad cause he was rather abusive that, um, I started seeing a therapist, uh, a psychologist actually. Mm-hmm. And she was the first one that actually diagnosed me with DID. So that's when I mm-hmm. finally got my definition of what was going on with me. And the third one was that I moved back to Finley because of him, <laughs> which is good because I really needed to be back here. So there's always a, a, a like a Pollyanna moment in everything. In my opinion, you can always find a silver lining, <laughs> something <laughs> good that happened out of it. And you found three. Yeah. See, and it didn't even take me that long. <laughs> But yeah, so do you put your hands up? No, three. No, this this thing was wiggling a lot. And I didn't oh, know I why. thought you meant three. There, <laughs> <laughs> really, two, three. Yeah. So, um, and I'm gonna bounce back and forth. I'm sorry, but that's yeah. how my brain works. And he told you you could do what you wanted. Yeah, that's again. I don't know why you're trusting me with that, but thank you. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I would trust you specifically personally with it but i trust everyone with it it's on recordings oh, i couldn't yeah, i can't see. pretend that i don't trust everyone with it because you listen to the other one Jeanette, and you'll hear I me trust everyone with it so full transparency special no, <laughs> i would have trusted no. you anyways it's all good i know i'm special <laughs> <laughs> she has self-worth look at that <laughs> i've been defeated <laughs> <laughs> it's the doctor who vibe man it's, that's exactly you gotta watch it <laughs> i think yeah. i just fight against it because my brother's like all into doctor who i'm like yeah well yeah i'm not gonna do that then well listen um <laughs> my sister likes things that i like too and we don't always get along but i can still like those things it okay. doesn't change who Ooh. i am as a person Ooh. <laughs> just saying um there's probably at least one person on this earth who likes doctor who that i would not like at all <laughs> that's and true that doesn't change the fact <laughs> that it's an awesome show <laughs> <laughs> that I is still fight the power. so practical. Okay. <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah. Um, uh, see, so my marriage before the one I currently have um, was with my daughter's dad. And there were some good things that came out of that, too, uh, namely my daughter. But also he encouraged me to go to college. Now, I was 40. Mm hmm. Never been to college. I had learning disabilities when I was in school. So even though I made good grades, I was in, you know, like more uh, remedial classes and, and not, you know, college prep or anything right. like that. Uh, I'd never even taken a pre-algebra course, let alone an algebra course. And so I wasn't even sure I could qualify to get into college. It'd mm-hmm. been 20 years and I didn't have all the skills in my brain that I thought I needed. Um, so I thought about it and I decided that I wanted to do something that I really enjoyed and something that I could participate in that was um, meaningful to me because mm-hmm. uh, I hadn't 
worked in a really long time. Um, I'd been on disability for all that time too. And I knew that this was a life-changing moment potentially. Um, and I really love to sew. It's something I'd done since I was a little girl. Mm-hmm. Um, and my, my interest in it had, uh, had grown to the point where I was doing some sewing on the side for a little bit of cash. And I realized that this could potentially be something that could be a moneymaker for me. So I went to college in Lakewood, Ohio. Um, I think they're now called the North Coast College. They were Virginia Marty at the time. Mm -hmm. And I went into their fashion design program. And when they do a a program there, it's fashion design slash business. So Mm -hmm. I was getting an associate's degree in that. Now this is two and a half hours away from Finley. um, And I drove back and forth to every class so five hour round trips right it, it mattered a lot to me and when something's important to me i give it everything um and, and it, vouch for that yeah it fundamentally changed me on so many levels this experience of college uh i started to actually understand that i had value beyond the value that other people gave me right okay so up till then everything about myself had been uh, balanced on how somebody else felt about me, Mm -hmm. you know, whether it was the cult or the person I was married to or, you know, um, whatever I was doing, my kids, that's where my value came from. I didn't have any value for myself. And I started to realize that I had value and that I had skills and that people actually liked me. I mean, whoa, that was a novelty concept for me. It doesn't make sense perhaps to some people, but for me, it was new. And I I started to let more and more of who I was out. And I started to let people see that zany, wild, goofy, whimsical side of myself. And, you know, the serious side of myself and, and the childlike sides of myself. And I didn't care what they thought because I finally had value. Right. And um, I was pretty good at it, too. I was pretty good at, at fashion design. So that didn't yes. hurt. <laughs> yes, she is. Yeah. So and um, as that progressed, um, I was able to uh, start working again for the first time in in 20 years. Uh, I started working in a factory for a short while and uh, as a sewing person. And then uh, an internship I had for school led me to a job at uh, a place called the garment makers and the people that ran this place were so awesome they just they were so down to earth and and they had a great dash of crazy and wackiness thrown in and they played wild music and just it was a really open comfortable atmosphere there Mm -hmm. and because of that i was able to to take that next step forward and and really start sharing even more of who I was. And these were the moments where I finally stepped out of my own head long enough to say, Hey, I'm not just Jennifer. I'm all these other people too. And uh, nobody looked at me funny and nobody, you know, tried to drag me out and, and, and hurt me. People were actually interested and, and wanted to know more. And, that, that concept was so 
flabbergasting to me that I didn't know what to do with it for a while, but I got comfortable with it. And, and I was really, really happy for probably the first time in my entire life because I, I felt good and I felt, I felt like a person that had value. And that was the beginning of my real recovery. So can I ask? Yeah, I inter- go for I, it. I, please. I inter- and, um, when, when you've got the different identities, yeah. you know, like there's Jennifer, mm-hmm. there's Jenny, Molly, Frank. The, I remember four names. So like, well, hey, you're let's, doing good. Let's start there. I almost forgot Tariana, So don't feel so, bad. Yeah, and I have forgotten Still not that the name since then. I just have a visual of this. Like, I'm not a fucking dog. But do, <laughs> right? do, do each, does each identity have their own? Um, level and of self worth, then, or yeah. is there? Oh, yeah, or is there like a combined, or like how does that work? Like, if uh, you could explain that as well as you could, sure. I don't know. And yeah, they do, they do have their own sense of value, they have their own, um, own interests, their own mm-hmm. thoughts, they have their own, um, they just they have their own voice. Each one of them is, is different, they're completely and utterly different, so right. Uh, Molly, for instance, she's the youngest. She's three, and her current favorite thing in the world is is Grogu from um, The Mandalorian. Everyone calls oh. him Baby Yoda, but his name is Grogu. And if I don't say Grogu, she'll get really mad at me. <laughs> and so it's Grogu. But <laughs> education for all of you now, yay! <laughs> Not Baby Yoda, but um, so yeah. There's and it, because of that. Um, uh, just a side note, since we're off on that rabbit trail, I'm really good at those. Um, each one of them has different coping techniques. So when one of them is, when I have something going on in my brain and I feel upset, I really have to take inventory and figure out which person is feeling what mm-hmm. and whether or not it's something that needs to be addressed as a group or something that needs to be addressed one-on-one. If Molly's really upset about something, for instance, I will probably get baby Grogu doll and sit with baby Grogu doll and maybe just cuddle uh, cuddle under a blanket or something, Mm -hmm. because that's what she likes. She likes to be, you know, comfortable and warm and have a a lovey to hang on to. Right. Uh, Gabby uh, likes to color. That's one of her favorite things to do. You know, uh, Adriana. is very analytical and very logical and very organized. And we need more of that because we're not those things for the most part, <laughs> but she's, she's all those things. So for her, um, something that relaxes her would be more like, you know, learning something new or studying. Um, she's, and yes, I know I forgot to tell them. I'm sorry. <laughs> she's also the, she was also the spokesperson, the one that originally pushed me to start sharing who I am. Mm-hmm. So she is, she is a dissociative American is what the phrase she coined. <laughs> is um, everyone super stoked about this? Oh, yeah. They were all this excited. This being the podcast. Oh, totally excited by that. You, you know, Frank. Woo-hoo, we are somebody. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? That is what it should be. Yeah. Anyways, we'll go back to that. Okay, that's cool. Uh, you know, but continue, Ga- Gabby. Again, honestly, I have no problem talking. <laughs> so yeah, they they all have different things that they need, and uh, that was part of the process of my recovery too. Mm-hmm. So for the longest time, um, I kind of treated them like interlopers. You know, they they were just 
in my brain and and I don't want to deal with you. You're not important enough. I'm the one that leads this right. this bus and y'all can just sit in your seats and shut up, you know? <laughs> Stop causing me so much trouble. Um, cranky bus driver. <laughs> yeah, I was a cranky bus driver and that doesn't work. Um, so if I could say one thing to anybody struggling with this disorder more than anything else, build a communication system that works. Every single person inside of you needs to have their voice heard. Every one of their needs are just as valid as yours. And until you come up with a way where you can meet all the needs that are and create a healthy dynamic amongst everybody that everyone can agree to mm -hmm. is a healthy direction for everyone else, you are going to be fighting yourselves. And that is horrible. It is not a good place to be. It is not a lot of fun. So you, you have to learn to listen and to compromise and to work together. So mm -hmm. I have uber uh, skills at cooperation. You, yeah. I was going to say, you actually have uber skills at uh, leadership. <laughs> leadership <laughs> and supervision and those types of yeah, things. Because yeah. I don't want to be an adult, shush. <laughs> it doesn't mean you don't have the skills. <laughs> and also... Children can be leaders too. They can, they can. <laughs> and each one of them has moments where um, they have something they can offer that, you know, maybe one of the rest of us wouldn't have thought of. So it, it is really important for me to be able to, to hear from all those sides, not just because they have value, but because it's like a superpower, to be perfectly honest. Um, mm -hmm. My current therapist calls us superpowers. Um, she thinks it's pretty cool. And she was the one that told me that when I was in school, that if, for instance, I did not enjoy my math class, then I should figure out which one of me liked it the best and let that person take the lead in those moments. Mm -hmm. And I thought to myself, what? That's crazy. And then I tried it and I went, what? Why haven't I been doing this all the time? <laughs> this is amazing. Right. You know, and, and I learned more about myself. And in, in that process, I learned more about me as a whole. Mm -hmm. So... Uh, Frank loves to drive, for instance. He thinks that's awesome. I don't particularly love to drive, so I'm glad Frank likes it. Uh, it makes him feel manly, I guess. I don't know, but he, he, he likes to it. Drive. What's it? His uh, his his air hair harem. Harem, is that the word I'm looking for? He gets to drive around his harem. Yeah. It didn't sound right in my brain until I said it out loud. Yeah. yeah. Of course he loves it. What are you talking about? Not a harem. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so, uh, and, and Adriana is a really talented at organization and she's really quite articulate. Mm -hmm. So she does a lot of that, that speak, speaking sort of stuff. And she kind of organizes the thoughts and helps us come mm -hmm. up with you know, what it is we want to say in an articulate and in and, and a way that people can relate to, mm -hmm. which is pretty cool. Mm -hmm. Yeah, she's awesome. <laughs> yeah, they all are. Many talents. Yeah, yeah. So, but that, that process started with college and with Adriana pushing us and with my therapist pointing those things out and, um, and it continued to move forward. Um, and then I hit a snag, which became a blessing. Mm -hmm. The place that I was working went out of business, you know, and, and, and I had plans to be there for a while and to move forward in my fashion career and to grow through this experience. And um, suddenly it wasn't there mm -hmm. and I didn't know what I was going to do. Um, 
so I started sewing on the side. Um, didn't make squat for cash. Uh, I really enjoyed some of it, but I didn't really make a lot of money. And I felt kind of defeated and like I didn't have a lot left to to do with my life and I needed to find something else. So um, I spoke to a really good friend of mine who actually happened to be one of my first therapists. And uh, I said, you know, I'd really, I think I would love to do some public speaking and maybe some writing. I would really like to share my story. I'm at the point where I'm ready for that. And I think that it would probably be helpful to other people. And so she introduced me to the folks at NAMI. And I said, hey, this is what I'd like to do. And they said, hey, we'd love it if you do that. (laughs) (laughs) And so uh, I, I started writing their blog. And uh, from there, I ended up just loving it so much that I started volunteering and I I got trained and I now uh, am trained in um, their family support group and I'm trained in their family to family education classes. Mm -hmm. So I can facilitate both those things. And I did for quite some time. Mm -hmm. Um, And then somebody said, you know, you might be really good at doing this professionally. And I said, what? <laughs> I say that to myself too often. <laughs> and I said, what? <laughs> but I did. Uh, I looked into it and I, my associate's degree is accredited through an accreditation system that does not match up well with other schools. So I wasn't able to go and say, go get my social workers right. uh, license or whatever. But I found out through that, that there is something in the state of Ohio called peer recovery supporter certification. Mm-hmm. So I went through that process um, last year around this time, actually, is mm-hmm. when I started the classes and I got certified in um, February officially. Mm-hmm. And I started working in April in the field. And as a matter of fact, I am now today going to take a test for another kind of certification, which is parent peer support person um, through an organization called Fredla. And so I will have, hopefully, if I pass the test, I'll pass the test. (laughs) Thanks. Um, Then I will have two certifications in the state of Ohio for uh, peer work and be able to to just really hopefully have a a great impact on people's lives through um, the story that I share and the the skills that I've learned along the way and being able to kind of just walk alongside these people and help them find their own way. Mm -hmm. So yeah, it's been been an amazing ride and I know it's just starting. And that's not all, though. No, it's not, because I am an overachiever. Um, <laughs> and also, um, I, I came back to Christ um, a couple of years ago. And this year, God put it on my heart that he wanted me to move forward in service to him as a minister. So I am now officially enrolled in and have completed my first trimester. That is not about pregnancy. That's what they call it. (laughs) (laughs) No more babies. Four is enough. Um, But I've completed my first trimester at Weinbrenner Seminary here in Finley. Very cool. Yeah. Congratulations. Thanks. And I have all A's. Whoa. (laughs) (laughs) You know. um, Also exciting. Just so you know, I also said, what? 
what when I got told I needed to do that. Yeah. <laughs> I really do say that too much. <laughs> Personal reflection, ding, light went on. Um, so yeah, so I'm doing that too. Um, and I'm really active in my local church. Uh, I go to Finley First Assembly of God. It's a great group of people. If you're looking for a church home, if not, um, there's a lot of other great churches in the area. But um, And that's been... I think that's been the biggest piece, the piece that was missing more than anything was just that faith. And I think that everyone needs something to have faith in Mm -hmm. besides themselves. Um, And for me, that has just completed this, this place that I, that I've been trying to reach my whole life, this empty spot I've been trying to fill because I, I, that's what I had. I had a giant hole inside of me and, and it was filled with so much negativity and darkness and so much pain from my past and all the mistakes I'd made. And I have, I don't have that hole anymore. It's filled. And it, it's hard for me not to just smile and be light on my feet. I, I would really have to work at it. And uh, who would want to do that? That's silly. So (laughs) I I sprinkle sunshine around wherever I go because uh, I've just got, I'm overflowing with the love of God and with, with self-worth and with value and with just that affirmation that my life has purpose and that the pain that I went through has purpose. And I am able to help other people see that about themselves. And it's just the amazing, just the most amazing thing in the world. And, you know, I think that's one of the reasons why I was just, that's the reason why I was just so excited to come on this podcast and share with you guys, you know, that we all have that. We all have a purpose. We all have a reason for being here. And you don't have to live in that dark place. You just don't. No. And that's very real for people that don't feel like it's real it is (laughs) because i know that you did not think that that was real oh no throughout your whole story (laughs) i took a while to get there yeah it took a long time um and a lot of work Mm -hmm. it's not going to just happen Mm -hmm. you have to really put in the work Mm -hmm. and you, you have to find a place where you can just hang on and 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 keep putting one foot in front of the other Mm mm-hmm so i only because i know this is so important to you want to spotlight your current marriage as we walk through all of your past ones i think it's only right yes if we at least if we at least touch on the current marriage yes well i did mention him a couple of times i know he's sprinkled throughout he is because he's sprinkled all over my heart but (laughs) (laughs) yes i just said that i am that sugary sweet (laughs) his name is rick um and rick is is just the most amazing man um I mentioned how when I got married this time, we said we do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he is the first person in my life where every single part of me, of me stood up at the table and said, yes, we choose him. Mm-hmm. Yes, we trust him. Yes. That's huge. Okay. I, I don't know if I can, if I can possibly really make it uh something tangible for you guys but for me that was the biggest 
moment in a, in a relationship I've ever had in my entire life. It was, it was absolutely overwhelming because it was so huge. I, I, I bawled like a giant baby. Mm-hmm. Not that that's too unusual for me. I'm a, mm-hmm. I'm a crier, but uh, it was just overwhelmingly whole in that moment mm-hmm. and, and to have that. And, and it's because he saw all the parts of me and, and learned who they were. He was able to see what they needed. He was able to understand that they needed different things and that each one of them was valid in their own right. And that even though they were all separate people, we all make up one person. Right. And he seems to be able to just grasp that on a way that, that most people might struggle. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and he loves all those parts of me. Mm-hmm. And he has just really supported me and encouraged me and, and helped me to grow as a person. Um, and we bring out the best in each other, you know? And he's mm-hmm. a really great stepdad too. He absolutely adores our my daughter, Ruby. So <laughs> that helps. <laughs> yeah, Ruby's 11. I love you, Ruby. <laughs> I love you, Rick, too. But <laughs> kids like it when they you say their name on. I think they do. I did. <laughs> anyway, she's probably like, Mom, oh, my gosh. <laughs> but, yeah, she uh, she's 11. And she is my only daughter. Um, and she's a drama queen. <laughs> she is as fiery as her hair is red. Yeah, she's awesome, though. She's, she's so creative and so funny. And, and she's doing it, too. Um, so I never really talked about it with my kids before because, you know, I was hiding in plain sight. But since I have come to this place in my life and since she's reached an age where she can understand a little more, I started by talking about my others around her. Mm-hmm. And then as she asked questions, I answer them for her. So she knows everyone too. And she has her favorites. <laughs> we don't take it personally. <laughs> can I ask you? Yeah. Well, I think Molly and Gabby are probably her favorites, but that makes logical. Sense. They're close to her age. And um, she also really seems to like Frank. <laughs> I don't know why. <laughs> I, that is not surprising to me. Yeah. Knowing what Ruby is like. Yeah. And she drew <laughs> pictures of them and it was really awesome. So she drew like Molly's world and Gabby's world and Frank's world. And Frank is, is a very, um, very like 40s Hollywood era sort of dude in his fashion style. He's he's very, you know, dapper. Yes. Thank you. That's dapper exactly is, the word I was yeah. looking for. That's yes, he, he is. He's very dapper and he's very distinguished and gentlemanly. Um, and he's a man of few words. He's very reserved in that way. But uh, are you familiar with Cary Grant? Oh, yeah. Yeah. OK, so Cary Grant. Right. Cary Grant. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Anyway, so he's got that thing going on, but he's also the protector. So when Ruby drew the picture, it was like Frank wearing a zoot suit with like some guns to protect. And she drew COVID and he was shooting COVID. (laughs) That's really cute. That's really adorable. Of course, then um, she also drew our cats in the picture. So (laughs) I don't really know what those had to do with it. (laughs) They're probably going to mess up his dapper clothing, but... (laughs) Hairs everywhere. That's what she did. So, and I thought it was just adorable that that was, you know, her view. It's very gangster style. Yeah. (laughs) That's what she said. Yeah. She's like, yeah, that's who he is. And I'm like, you know, you're really not too far off. (laughs) 
<laughs> so cute. yeah, that's, and she does that. She gets it. So I think it's really cool. And just to have that support in this family dynamic dynamic and, and to, to be seen and understood and loved for all the parts of yourself. That's, that's ginormous. Mm-hmm. That's all you could ever want. Yeah, it really is. And, and I'm just, I've never been happier in my life. I've never been more fulfilled. And I, I'm just excited about where my life is going next and, and how God's going to use me next and, and how God's going to uh, guide my family in, in their own purposes and paths as well. So, right. yeah. <laughs> Your um, recovery journey and story has this very strong theme of integration. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Not only in your mind mansion, but also in your day-to-day life and what you choose for your work and how you interact with your family and your partner and just like in friends, like everything. Like, uh, to me, it's you being you all the time. It is. And not having to be just this or just this in this arena. And you're finally embracing all of the, all of you. Yeah. And, um, when I when I moved further into my my relationship with Jesus, because that's what it's about, relationship, not religion. Um, when I moved further into that, I, I decided to surrender um, everything. And one of the things I was afraid to let go of was control, because for so long, that's how I had to live was control, 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 control. And I was afraid if I did that, that. I don't know, something catastrophic would happen. And and I was also afraid that I might lose the people inside me who have become family. Right. And that has actually begun to happen. I have begun to integrate. So it's, it's great that you used that word. I have become to become more of one person and less of many. Mm -hmm. That doesn't mean that they're gone or that they don't still have value or that they didn't matter in my life. They still do. They always will. Mm -hmm. Um, And they're part of my journey and they always will be. But it is something that can happen with DID. You can eventually become so closely uh, minded of the same purpose that you Mm -hmm. start to become one again. And that's the ultimate healing and renewal and you know that's god's love right there because that wouldn't be happening without that and without the support that he brought into my life through my husband and through you know my friends and my church and and even my job and and the work that i do just all those pieces and parts have come together to help me guide all the other me's into a direction that's healthy for all of us Mm -hmm. so that we can we can move forward of one mind and of one heart and one purpose. And it's, it's just, I don't think there are really words to fully describe it, but it, it's what I've been looking for, you know? And I think everyone wants, wants that place in their life where then they, when they know what they were created for, when they know what they were made for and, and they can move forward and do it. And it's not always something big, it doesn't have to be. We all, we all need the, the little jobs. We all need the, the people that are, are in the background too. You don't always have to be a loud mouth like me to, to have a, <laughs> a point or a purpose. You know, my husband's very quiet. Um, he's more of an introvert, but the support and the, the love that he gives me are, are what part of what makes it possible for me to be able to be this loud woman that I am so yeah it's it's good stuff I'm really really happy 
It's I'm blessed. Very cool. So obvious that you're so happy and fulfilled in your <laughs> life. Because really you're right. Am. You described it well that you just sprinkle sunshine. I do. <laughs> <laughs> now we need the fairy noise because that would be perfect there. I still don't know which one it is. That's okay. <laughs> I, you'll probably end up with a toilet flushing noise and, you know, that'll be funny. So it's all good. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, Jennifer, is there anything else that you want to make sure that you touch on today? Hmm. Um. I think the most important first step in my journey was knowing that I wasn't alone. Mm -hmm. And so to anyone out there who feels like nobody understands, like nobody gets them, like you're stuck in this hole for the rest of your life and there's no way out, I promise you there is. You are not alone. There are other people who have been through it. There are other people who are going through it now and there is a road to recovery, you know, um, whether for you that's through uh, God or another way, um, whether you're getting mental health help now or you just uh, rely on as something else. It, it doesn't matter how you get there as long as you start taking steps. Just move forward. Just take those steps forward and know that you're not alone and that there is a beautiful, beautiful place in your future just waiting for you. Thank you Perfect. for that. Like <laughs> um, did you have anything else? I don't like? have anything else. Do you have anything else? No, you want to take us home? Well, let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I just want to say thank you for coming and sharing your story. I think it was a, should be very educational for anybody that listens and very inspiring, obviously. But uh, but thank you very much. And uh, to our listeners, make sure you tune in next time for more inspiring stories from our recovery community. You have been listening to the I Am Somebody podcast, a collaborative project with Focus Recovery and Wellness Community, NAMI Hancock County, and LGBTQ plus Spectrum of Finley. If you or someone you know is in need of emergency services, call 911. If you are feeling suicidal, call the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline at 800-273-8255. If you are facing a crisis situation, you can connect with a crisis counselor by texting HOME, H-O-M-E, to 741741. If you are in Hancock County, Ohio, you can call Focus Recovery and Wellness Community at 419-423-5071 from 10 a.m. to 7 p.m. Monday through Saturday. NAMI Hancock County can be reached at 567-525-3435, 8 a.m. to 5 p.m. Monday through Friday. Support for LGBTQ plus youths and adults can be found at LGBTQ plus Spectrum of Finley by emailing contact at Spectrum of Finley LGBT.org. Outside of Hancock County, Ohio, you can use the internet to search for recovery community organizations or contact NAMI National at 800 950 6264 from 10 a.m. to 8 p.m. Monday through Friday. LGBTQ plus youths can contact the Trevor Hotline at 866-488-7386. If you are a victim of domestic violence, please call 800-799-7233. 
If you are a victim of sexual assault, please call 800 656 4673. Your hosts today were Larry Betts and Bailey Kerr. Marketing support was provided by Amber Keir. I'm your compare, Jazz Bradley. This podcast was made possible by the support of Associated Charities. The song used for the I Am Somebody podcast is A Walk in the Light by Zach Fletcher. The song was used under permission by the copyright holder. Thank you for listening. I am somebody.